2: Hello and welcome to episode 164 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings and 10 years ago I gave up my life's dream and career as a radio presenter with one big regret. Never getting to interview my hero, the legendary singer, songwriter and musician Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul and something a little bit different on this episode of the podcast as we celebrate 40 years, yes, 40 years of introducing the Style Council. I thought it'd be really fun to hook up with two massive super fans. Karen McBride and Brenda Taylor are my special guests. Now, they followed the Style Council all over the UK, all over Europe, all overseas and have some incredible stories of John Weller being on the tour bus, escapades in Italy and Munich and more. And ultimately, a wonderful friendship over the course of those 40 years, bonding over the music, the live gigs, the band members, even making their own clothes as you're here on this podcast. This is really fun. A real delight. Some cracking stories on this. Karen McBride, Brenda Taylor, a star Council celebration. Let's get into it. Brenda, thanks for joining me.
0: You're very welcome. I've been looking forward to this. Bit nervous, but what's not to love? Sharing the love for Paul Wenner. I talk about it to everybody, so hey. <laughs> and is this your first podcast appearance, Brenda? Yes. Probably me last as well, I would say. <laughs> and Karen, hello to you.
1: Yeah. Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi, Brenda. It's just so really weird because she's in Ireland and I'm here and I've had her by my side for 35 years. So it's like I've lost my left arm or whatever. But yeah. We're
2: going to talk about this, this lovely friendship of the two of you that kind of has bonded over the love of Weller and particularly kicking off with the Style Council, really, wasn't it? So we'll, we'll talk about all of this. First of all, let's talk about current stuff. Paul's right in the middle or getting towards the final days at the time of recording of the European tour. Karen, you literally got back this afternoon.
1: I certainly have, yeah. It's been amazing so far, what I've seen. I went to the first one, which was out in Paris. I was a bit nervous going to Paris, to be fair. I went on my own. I knew that there was going to be people over there. Yeah, I don't speak French. That was the nervous thing about it all. But I had such a brilliant reception from everybody. So it was just really cool. And it was fantastic being there for the opening for the first gig. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was a good kickoff.
2: I guess that thing also of going into a new tour, you don't know what he's going to play. So there's that kind of excitement of what's the set list going to be? What's new? What has he ditched? What's being introduced? What is he going to do differently? All those kind of things as well, yeah?
1: Oh definitely because you really still don't know although for the last two years it's sort of roughly we you know what's going to happen but I guess that's me because I've been on so many of the gigs but yeah you don't know I mean Leah turned up so it's always fantastic seeing Lear and joining Paul on stage to shout to the top it was like oh take me straight back to the style council because she's so like her mum it's unreal so yes yeah, we didn't know what was happening he, he sung a one new one and a couple of ones that he hadn't done for a long time he only done one jam, which for me is great. he done four style council, which for me is amazing. Yeah, you don't ever know what you're going to get. It was great.
2: And then last night was
1: Bologna. Uh-huh. And it was really bizarre because we'd been to Bologna a few years ago to see Paul. It was just like, it's in the middle of a wasteland and there is nothing around it and I mean nothing and when we went last time there was the very end of like a food festival so we managed to get I think a, a lemonade and a coffee um, and there was a big fun fe- well, there was a big wheel there so we spent our time because you, as you know we get there about 12 o'clock in the afternoon to kill the time but there's nothing around there so yesterday I didn't even realise that it was going to even be in the same place I don't even know why I didn't check but anyway way. Yeah, it was in the same place, but since then, they've built a McDonald's, so (laughs) even though it's about Twenty minutes up the road, it killed our time walking backwards and forwards to McDonald's, and we could get internet as soon as we got into McDonald's. We could get internet, so that was really cool. And obviously, we met Paul, so we rushed back to McDonald's. Well, hold on, hold on, you say,
2: hold no, on, no, no, hold no, on, no, no. hold on, hold on. You say, obviously, we met Paul. Like that's the thing well, that everybody you know, who goes to a gig gets to do. Talk me through that.
1: <laughs> it don't always happen with me. Don't always happen with other people. The guys I met a couple in Blackburn last year. I knew that they were going to Bologna so we arranged to meet up and Darren it's been his lifelong ambition to ever meet Paul and I said it's gonna happen mate it's gonna happen and he said oh Karen I, I I really hope that your luck's gonna rub off on me and we'd spent the night before with Sam you know Sam and um Ange and and this couple we had a fantastic time and he was so excited but so so nervous I said look mate just chill just chill I'm nervous myself believe it or not I know I've met him a lot a lot of times but I still get nervous still dribble a little bit so <laughs> <laughs> we, we got, anyway, when we got there, it, which was really early, Steve Craddock's was there and Jake and we was having a really old, good old chat with them. And then we decided then, because it was so early, we went off to McDonald's, got a coffee, blah, blah, blah. Literally, as we walked back, the minibus was, was turned up. Paul got out and come straight over. He was so lovely. Obviously for me, because I get excited about meeting Paul and having a little chat, and I'd taken my boyfriend off Paul this time as well. I allowed him to come with me, and he met Paul. So, you know, me and my mouth, I'm like, oh, Paul, meet my Paul. And he's like, all right, mate. And I I think it was probably a little bit of, um, oh, you can have her now. (laughs) Get her off my back sort of thing. But more than anything In the whole wide world And I totally Totally Mean this If no one's ever met him For me That means so much When they actually Do meet him Because I know The feeling that I get When I meet him And as I say I've met him Hundreds of times Darren was just So nervous He was shaking He was literally shaking But he met him And he chatted with him And I was so happy I could have cried for him Because he was like I can't believe it I can't believe it It's just great Yeah really
2: really really good and then Brenda you're going to the tour but it's a, at the time of recording it's this coming Monday right
0: oh yeah can't wait can't wait one of my favourite memories was in Munich when he was there last time the minibus turned up and me and Karen was like oh we'll hang back and there was people mobbing him and he's going alright mate give me a big big minute to get out of the minibus so we thought oh we're just going to back off and you know we backed off we walked around the block and then he spotted us and he came out he was eating his food and he came out from eating his food and come right over to say hello to me and Karen believe it or not it was the first time that me and Karen actually had our picture together with Paul because we always get them individually and that's kind of one of my special moments us
2: three together. <laughs> nice. So just, it'll be nice going back to, is it the same venue or? It's a different one this time. It's one of those things where you, a new tour, there's a mixture of wanting to see things on social media but at the same time wanting to avoid things because you want it to be a bit of a surprise and stuff. So how much do you know about the current tour, Brenda?
0: Oh, I know what songs he's going to sing and I know what to expect, really, but that's fine because when you're there and each night is a different experience. The Europe people seem to have been very up for it this time and to be honest, I'd rather go abroad than see him England a much better vibe I think
2: now let's start this journey so your story starts with the jam Karen will come back to you in the jam
0: okay
2: (laughs) Brenda your story starts with bitterest pill right
0: Oh, 100%. I liked the jam. I never went to see them. I lived in Ellsbury and we had the famous Friars Club and the jam used to play there and they'd always do matinee and evening shows because all their kids, you know, the kids were so young. And I had tickets once and for some reason I didn't go. And then I was watching Bitterest Pill and you know what? I thought, oh my God, I love this man. It's really crazy. After all that time. And I think because to me, the Bitterest Pill is very more. Style Council even jammy, even though I like the Jam songs. Style Council was it for me, and obviously Paul on his own. But Style Council, I'm a huge Style Council fan. I'd, I'd have them over the Jam.
2: This is a Style Council celebration that we're talking, you know, forty years now since that band started off. So, Karen, for you, the Jam was not a thing, right? That was not your not world.
1: at all. Not at all. I was more into John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever at that point in my life.
2: <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that either. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but, but Brenda, it was you that introduced Karen to the Style Council.
0: I did. I did. I met Karen. We were both nursing in a, um, a hospital for people with learning disabilities. And I'd met this mad girl, Karen, with a wacky air. And we just clicked. And I said, Do you want to come to a concert? And she didn't really know who they were or anything. And I always remember she said to me, her first memory was we were there because we were nearer the back. And as soon as walls come tumbling down, come I ran to the front. My friend ran to the front and she thought,
2: oh, so you? and she ran to the front as well. And from that day onwards, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What an introduction though. The introduction was through a live gig, which is usually it's from a song. Do you know what I mean? You go, here's a seven inch or here's the album, have a listen. But yours was right in the mix of it from a live gig, Karen.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was like, where's she gone? You know, it was in Birmingham, <laughs> weren't it, Brenda? I think. Yeah. I'm sure it was Birmingham. And it was like, Where is she gone? So I just ran down the front and everyone was trying to, they were trying to get everyone back. But that was it. Put, line and sinker. That was it.
2: So this would have been, what, <laughs> 1984, I'm
1: guessing? It's round about, it's got to be 84, the end of 84, 83,
0: 85, I think. Yeah. I, th- I think Wool's come out in 85, so I think it's probably 85. I'm really cracked with dates. We're both crap with dates, so we'll probably say stuff and people might come and correct us, Dan, but we're old now, so, <laughs> so we're <laughs> <probably> <laughs> dates. That's all right.
2: I just ignore those people. That's fine. <laughs> so, Brenda, you'd already been into the Style Council from day one then, I'm guessing, had you?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Speak Like a Child, still one of my favourites today.
2: There yeah. we are. Look, There's a single... Yay!
0: the Blair single
2: that brilliant picture on the back
0: isn't it you know the Café Blur album played it to death played it to death it's just I, I still think it's one of my favourite albums just because of the memories and it started it off everything was so new and exciting on from that as well we'd go to um, all the like miners gigs anything he was doing we were there love we were doing the marches we even joined the Young Socialists we didn't really know much about it but we joined them anyway there was a good looking mod weren't there With
1: a lovely yeah <laughs> So Albury is a very conservative place and there was no Labour here at all. But there was a a Labour Young Socialist. So we joined. Yeah, there was me, Brenda and a bloke and then this mod. And they decided that we had to go and report on, do you remember Brenda up in Sheffield? It was was
0: a a meeting with
1: Arthur Scargill. So off we go to meet this minibus that these um what are they called them far the far left. Yeah. yeah. We had to meet this minibus in the in the town centre. We didn't have a clue. We get on this minibus thinking we were going to London and actually we went to Sheffield. We get to Sheffield and they were trying to flog us sandwiches on, on the minibus, <laughs> weren't they, friend? Do you remember? Yeah and we get to Sheffield the only thing I ever remember of Sheffield is going in this town hall or wherever Arthur Scargill Neil Kinnock banging on about we felt I fell asleep and then we got these really really great chips in newspapers. remember friends and then we went home and then we went back to the Labour Party and they wanted a report we had to make it
0: up because we, we it was asleep. We, we blagged a lot of it because we really didn't get it. My heart was in it and I'll always be a labour through and through, right? But I don't say I understand it all. <laughs> but it was, it was an experience
1: and it was a laugh. <laughs> oh, we helped Free Nelson Mandela. We've done the lot. We were there for the print workers. We used to stand on the line at Wapping. We've done the lot. Billy Bragg, we went everywhere. We marched. Do you remember when Weller was playing at, um, was it Happen Common? And the, the march yeah. started at Speaker's Corner and it was a march for... I, I can't even. It was something to do with Nelson Mandela. So we marched miles and miles and miles and miles, and it was boiling up. But when we got to the end, we get we got to see the style council. That's the only reason we've done right. it.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're kind of, you know, you're joining up and signing up for these causes without really knowing yeah. what they are, just because Paul's mentioned them and things. I guess exactly.
0: Right? One of That's the things. One of the funniest things, Dan, is we both worked in this um well, hospital for people with learning disabilities. And our charge nurse used to say, you can't go to them things. If you get arrested, you lose your job. And we'd just say, do you know what? Look, look out on the telly tonight, love, because we'll be up there and we'll give you a wave. And he can't, He hated me and Karen. Didn't he, Karen? <laughs> We used to get MME to see
1: when Weller was playing, basically. And if we was off sick, <laughs> he knew where we were. We'd, we'd, we'd talk about it, about the Italian experience, but we had to, we had to, I got pulled up in front of the union for that. And that's, <laughs> that's because we'd done a sick here and went to Italy to see Star Council. Oh
2: my God, <laughs> so funny. I remember, it's a Mick Talbert. Say to you both about, like, you talk, obviously, you you know, you go to lots of these things and you're bumping some Mick, right? Well, so you were chatting to him and he was mentioning these mad nurses at yeah. gigs, right? That was you two, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Then we went to the Fiddler's Elbow, weren't we? It was questions and answers. And uh, we were chatting to him and I said to him, Mick, I've got to show you this photo of me and you back in the 80s. And I showed it him on my phone and he went, well, he swore. And he said, oh, my God, that's Gene, which is his son. And he said, um, look, I'll show you a photo of Gene now. And he, he's a an spitting image of his dad. So he says, hang on a minute. Of them mad nurses, did not you from the 80s? So I said, Yeah. And he said, Oh my god, my mum always used to say, How's them two mad nurses, Mick? They still <laughs>
0: follow you around. So I
1: was like, Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so every time he sees us now, he's like, You alright? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good, you. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. uh-huh. So I love the fact that you're getting this introduction to Paul through your friend Brenda Karen. Um, you're yeah. uh, the style council gig, and then suddenly this becomes, and I I've, I've seen you say this is kind of like then the, the only really consistent thing thing in your life over the past 40 years was Paul Weller
1: 100 percent, he's always been there always been there we've all gone through life especially over the last 40 years I've married had children blah 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 done this done that but he's always been he's always been there and because of like having children and and, and what have you I had to leave it for a little while but then we I got back into it probably, I don't know, maybe about 15 years ago, I would say maybe a little bit longer Mm -hmm. when the kids have started to grow up a little bit. And I'm like, right, mum is leaving you now. I'm going to see your... Would you like Paul to be your daddy? Yeah, that sort of thing. And um got back into it. Yeah, no, I did. I said to my I used to say to my son, Would you like Paul to be your new daddy? And he used to oh, mum, shut up. But yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Brenda, the same for you. Obviously, this is I mean, there was a time where in the nineties, early noughties, the style council was not, you know, a cool thing to love, right? Because it was it was something that kind of fizzled out towards the end.
0: Oh, 100 percent yeah and even when um, Paul came out on his own and he was up in like Ellsbury and there was like a dozen people there I was still there so when Karen was off having babies and stuff I was still trotting the board's love and doing it all and it's kind of flipped now because I'm in Ireland and I moved to Ireland five years ago I can't go to as many as what I would like to do so Karen's like going to more now than what I did you know it's life isn't it sometimes it's life but um, I try to go to as many as I can and I make sure I have a bloody good time when I'm there (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's never been the popularity. I don't care. I'd stick by them thick and thin. I don't care. But we went to the last gig, Dan. And even I thought it was a bit shit, I have to say. Um, I'll be honest (laughs) with you. And I love him to bits and and I've never, like, never anything else. But it was a bit crap. And when they finished... If that was the stuff they were turning out, it was time to finish that. <laughs> I think they've done the yeah. right
2: thing. They are an incredible singles band or were an incredible singles band from the you know, that Seven Inch, the B-Sides, everything. Were there stand-up moments for you where those single releases were very special?
0: All of them, really. I think it's in the early days and you're waiting for the next one to come out and the next one and you think, oh, they can't top this one. But they did. They actually did each time and that was amazing i think and do you know what and even today there's the odd song that i don't like but i like more and i'm not just liking them because they're him i actually do really dig them and there are some that i listen to on the album and i think oh my god i don't really like this but when you hear it live completely different and i love it
2: and they were a brilliant live band the style council the crew that they had the honorary councillors that they had with oh. them added so much yeah. but they also I love the fact they could dial it up or turn it down so the fact that sometimes you'd have full orchestra or you'd have the horn section other times it was just like four of them you know it was there was something really unique about them in that way life
0: definitely and I think for me it's the purity of Paul's voice although he sounds different today to be honest with you his voice is still beautiful and in, in a different way now from the style council days it still makes me go <laughs> we went to Brighton I have to tell you this and I've never fainted I've never done Anything like that. And it was so hot in Brighton. Oh my God. And people were jumping on my back and I had to get hauled out. And someone took a video. And all you can see is my big backside going only for the barrier and getting dragged out. I've never been so embarrassed in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I stayed
1: there though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just
2: helped snudge her over the barrier. Right? Yeah, I
1: was like, you're right. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, I'll see you in a bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then, Karen, for you, are there particular venues that have stood out? during the Style Council and the solo years? Are there are there venues that you go, this is a must visit or these are great locations? Oh,
1: definitely. You've got to remember, back in the Style Council days, right, they played in some of the crappiest places you could ever, ever imagine, but they were some of the best gigs. You know, mm. I remember in a little place in Blackburn, it certainly weren't where I went last year, which I think it was King's Hall, which is one of Paul's favourite venues, and it, the green room was a toilet, weren't it, Brenda? Do you remember? Yeah. It was First in time the toilet. First time we met them, and we were we were uh, sat in, and we could go in and meet them. And I'm sat there. I've got photos of sitting there, and Paul's just sat on the side of the of the basin, and I'm sat beside him, and I had a photo. It was <laughs> like, but they were the bestest times because. Everywhere I go in England, all the little shittiest places in England, people go, woo, how do you know that? And I go, oh, I've seen Style Council there. Oh, how do you know that? Oh, I've seen Style Council there. Because we just went everywhere, didn't we, Brens? In the solo years, probably the best, one of the best times I've ever seen him or one of the best venues was this tiny venue in New York, weren't it, <laughs> It The capacity wasn't very many, and it we were so close. I could see up his trouser leg. That's how close it was. But it was a great venue. We've been to so many different venues. I don't like the arenas. The atmosphere is, is, it, there's no atmosphere in an arena. So if he plays at uh, arenas, I tend not to go to be fair. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the arenas definitely if there's a crappy little venue somewhere or a small capacity venue like he's playing tonight and it's in an amphitheater and that would in Italy, and that's just to me that would be oh my god but you know any venue that I've ever seen him in apart from the arenas for me have, have been amazing and I've seen him from LA to all over America all, all over you know all over England
2: and the Style Council obviously wasn't just the Paul Weller show. You know, Mick Talbot, DC Lee, Ooh. Steve White, such an important mix of that band. You had Jay at the beginning as well. The four of them, let's talk about the four of them, the kind of crux of the Style Council that everybody knows and loves. That band were so special together, weren't they? Do you
1: know what? It was the whole build-up of it. It weren't just the band. So before they used to come on, they always wanted to lose, who was DJ, and he sang as well. And I'm not sure, I can't remember... If Palo Hewitt used to DJ as well, because he was always by the side of Paul, like, you know, and I'm sure he used to DJ. And then Von Toulouse used to come on and he always sung to any Brenda, the Barry yeah. White number. I can't do nothing without my baby. The place used to go mental and you knew as soon as he'd finished, Doll Council were coming on. So, yeah, that was the big build-up of it all. And, yeah, of course, when they come on, it was just crazy. And going back to what Brenda said with Europe, I mean, 100%, we, we've we been all over Europe, and they've always probably been the better gigs purely because the Style Council were, I feel like I want to say that they were bigger in Europe. The Europeans took to that sort of vibe, like, you know, and still do. When you're in England, you've always got that. There's a lot of jam fans. I'm not I'm not dissing the jam at all, but there's always that, you know, oh, yeah, let's do Malice. Oh, yeah, we've got to listen to that. You don't get that when you go abroad because they embrace whatever he's going to play. And a lot of it is the style council. Last night at that gig, as soon as he started playing, Shout to the Top, the place went crazy. For me, the... um european gigs like you know always the better ones weren't they
0: for the style council don't you think brenda they went down no i do think the style council and i also think for Weller, because for me one of the standout ones was paradiso and he was loved it so much he'd done four encores remember that yeah 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 Yeah, one of my faves.
2: Yeah, I went to Paradiso in would have been what March April time this year. I think something like that was it. And um, I'd never been, I'd never seen Paul overseas actually. Yeah, what a special venue, like so 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 good. And is there a place in the crowd that you because you get there dead early? I know the answer to this, but people listening won't necessarily. But is there a place in the crowd that's your spot, Karen?
0: Yeah, just under Paul. (laughs) Brenda And I'm next to her And going back To the style council days It was so funny Because I'd stand by Paul But Karen will miss To stand near McTolbert Do you remember (laughs) Yeah on this note I have to say right I loved Paul
1: I thought he And I still love Paul Obviously But I've never fancied Paul But I've always fancied (laughs) McTolbert
2: It's those magic fingers, right?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I always stood to the left at the Style Council and Brenda always stood to the right where Paul was. But not like, <laughs> but then you're not, like, together, right? Yeah, we were, but it, it was that I could always be on the left because Mick okay. was there and then she was on the right and Paul was there. Yeah.
2: Because I imagine that they were separated a little bit. Well, they sort of were,
1: but yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. There weren't as many on the stage either at that, you know, and then D was always in the middle there. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) We we made it work. We made it work. (laughs)
2: Let's talk Brixton. I'd be obviously as part of this re- this uh, podcast. You know, I do a bit of research, and that involves with you two. I can't Google anything really, so I'm stalking your social media. Right, talk to me about the Brixton football match. So this was the Star Council versus Madness. <laughs> Is that right?
0: Yeah, five side yeah, yes, yeah, five side football. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: how, how, and when, and
2: why, Brenda? Tell me this story.
0: I don't even know how we found out about it, but we found out about it, and we thought, ah, oh, do you know what? We only went because we thought. Paul might be there and he wasn't and we were disappointed but we soon got over it because there was Mick there was a couple from Madness Junior Gizcom loads of them and it was so funny and we've got the pictures today to prove it and um, I think Mick's running was really probably the high point. It was really funny. actually. In what way? You know, you know you can't see me, but you can see me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this was a charity football match, Karen, was it?
0: Yeah,
1: it was. I remember that the, the it was a blue and black striped shirt that they had, had on, weren't they? The, also in the team was Nikki. Nikki's other half, Russell. He was the part of the team, so I think. It must have been Mick Tolbert Junior. played on that side. Russell,
2: Kamel Hines was in the team. Yeah, I think.
1: Hines was there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just fun, and all. It, it was in Brixton Leisure Centre or something, wasn't it? It were not only yeah. there, but we watched. it. football we had no clue what football. Do you know what I mean? But it was, it was a laugh, and it was like, oh my god, we're watching the people that we idolise running around playing football. It was weird, weren't it? <laughs>
0: And, and we used to go to weird, random things anyway. We used to go up on a Sunday night to on Sunday at the old King's Cross when Paul used to showcase, when he first showcased Junior Gizdegum. There was anything weird. We've been up when he's DJ. Anything weird and wacky when we're out there. <laughs>
2: Brilliant. Now let's talk about some of the characters as part of this as well. And obviously in the jam days there were the whole sound checks, you were getting to meet the band. The Style Council didn't do that as much, but you still got to meet obviously, you know, in the green room, the toilet and things like that. <laughs> yeah. But John Weller, right? John Weller is oh, such a key part of this whole story and it has been on this podcast. It's, it's you know so many lovely memories.
1: Oh, he was just one of the kindest gentlemen. That's all. I, he was a gentleman. Always, you're right, girls. You're right, girls. Yeah, yeah, we're fine, John. You sure you're all right? If you need anything, just let me know. He was like that all the time. Whenever he sees you, you're right, girls. You're right, girls. She didn't need anything. No, thank you, John. We're all right. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, he was just he was he was lovely, weren't he, Brandy? He, he was just really kind. He, he he had this sort of. There was a lot of girls. You remember the jam. There was, it was, it was quite manly. You know, there was a lot of boys that followed the jam. I'm sure that obviously there was girls as well. But when the style council started, suddenly there was this influx of a lot of girls going to see style council. And I don't know if he took it upon himself that he sort of had to look after the girls, but he always kept his eye on us, didn't he, Brent? And always asked if we was all right. Just a kind guy. The story was we had gone to a. Was it a miners thing, Brenza, over at um, Wilsden Junction, That the um, thing? There was a Japanese girl that we met through Weller. There always used to be a lot of Japanese girls who loved Style Council. And we'd met this girl, and I can't remember her name, Brenza, you would know. Yuko. Um, Yuko, that's it. And we'd met Mm -hmm. her, and she was going back to Japan. And she had said, oh, I'd love to go to Solibon Studios. So we were staying the night, weren't we, Brenda, at this mm-hmm. after doing this thing. So we'd said, right, we'll take you. Like, we went off to Solibon Studios. Yeah, we got in there and the girl on the on the desk, and I think her name's Tara, and we were chatting away and she let us look around the studios and that and having an amazing time, weren't she? She was just, mm-hmm. like, taking photos. We were taking photos. Uh, The stand that they used in my favourite shop, the hat stand, There was the hat was still on it. So I had the hat on and we was mucking about chatting. And I can't remember if there was a phone call or she said, you know they're going to Italy tomorrow. So if you go to blah, 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 you might be able to see them at the airport. Do you remember, Brenda? And we were like, oh, we can't go to Italy. We've got to go back to work. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So... We went back. Now, my dad would always lend me the money. Remember, we were poor nurses. We actually really were. And this was the 80s, so it was even worse then. And Brenda's granddad always used to lend her the money. So we got on to him and we had the money to go. So literally, we phoned in sick and we (laughs) went. (laughs) <laughs> and we and it was boiling not out there so we had to not get a tan or anything like that because if we did then we would be sussed I mean we were sussed in anyway but anyway we didn't know that at the time so off we goes and we were going to that was
0: um Padova I think it was we went there and it was this tiny
1: tiny little Italian village there was like little old men playing like bowls do you remember Brenda it was just mm-hmm. like it, it was like proper Italian out there Obviously, it was it now. And off we goes into this taxi, I'll never forget, to go to the gig. So we'd got our tickets for the gig, got in this taxi, and back in them days, obviously, it was lira, it wasn't euros. So we got in this taxi and we got there, and it said, concert been cancelled. I was like, what? Concert's been cancelled. But I don't know how we found out, but we found out that actually it had been moved up the road. So <laughs> it was the only time we ever said, Cab follow that car sort of thing. So this cab's following this car to the next gig. And in the meantime, the meter's going up and it was thousands and thousands of lira. Do you remember Brenda? And we was like, Oh my god, how are we gonna pay for this? (laughs) It turned out to be about a tenner in the end, but we get to this gig and it was an amphitheatre. Previously, we had made friends, I guess, with the coach driver. Do you remember Brenda? ECS. He said, come over here, girls, come over here. And in Italy, the police are quite strong and the security is quite strong. And they're like, oh, where are you going? You know, and the coach driver's like, that's all right, they're with us. So we went in and he said, they're doing a sound check. He said, so come on, just come on in. Well, then John was there. If I remember, I think he'd gone, checked out the stage or whatever, and it weren't safe, so he weren't having them play there. So that's why it was cancelled. So we stayed at this amphitheatre, and they were having their food, and we were like, oh, my God, it was so nerve-wracking, weren't it? It's Paul Mm Weller's You eating his dinner and Mick <laughs> Holzer and we were just like, oh my god, it's so embarrassing. Anyway, we listened to the gig and all that sort of thing, and he said, "As soon as I say so." Was his name Ted? The guy yes. with the little shorts on, yes. right? So he used to wear these denim shorts. I remember him like dungaree shorts, um, and we used to call him Tiddly Ted because he was always pissed, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> remember? Yeah.
0: And
2: this is somebody attached to the Weller crew, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was one of the crew. And the guy, Dave, Dave, he was Paul's guitar bloke. I can't remember his surname. Dave Liddle. That's that's it. He was lovely. He was always around. Ted said, as soon as I give you the sign, you need to come out of the audience because we were right at the front. And he gave us the sign and we had to go at the side of the stage and he got us backstage. I think the last song that they were singing was you're the best thing. So we're stood on stage with the style council while they're singing the, you're the best thing. The back gates opened and we were to get straight onto the coach. So John had said, girls, don't worry. I'll get you home. We'll drop you off on the way home. And we were like, how's he going to do that? We have no, no... Not even the things about us getting on the coach and going and them dropping us off on the coach. Anyway, we gets onto the coach, didn't we, Brem? And we were like, oh, my God, there's all this crowd out there. We were waving and everything. We were like, oh, yeah, look at us sort of thing. (laughs) We really thought we were something. Gets on the coach, John comes, all right, darling. Yeah, yeah, you're all right, girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much did that taxi cost her? Oh, we were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah yeah i'll take this money and we were like oh no we don't want your money john he goes it's all right i've just won it he said i've won it off for of kenny he said don't worry about that he's <laughs> in paying for it there you go take the money that'll pay for your cab <laughs> and we were like no honestly we don't want it and he goes no take it he said i'll tell you what then if you don't want to pay for the cab for it he said go and treat yourself like no you. he said you're coming to milan tomorrow and we were like what And in the meantime, getting on the back of the coach was obviously the style council. And we were shitting ourselves because we were young, you know, as remember. It was just like, it was so bizarre. Anyway, I'm sat there and we're both sat there and we're going back to their hotel. Oh my God, we're going to have a party with them. Oh my God, oh my God. But do you know what happened? They actually took us to our hotel and dropped us off. (laughs) And then they went on. But we then travelled to Milan. And we shouldn't have done that because we were supposed to be back at work. And that's when it turned to poo. But we went to Milan and we found this YMC. Oh, it was awful. YMCA rank of a place but we stayed didn't we Brent? And we went to the gig it was in some big stadium it was very very different to what the gig where we just left yeah it was in the middle of the 80s and it was a bit you know i
0: remember the next time we went to milan and the only room in the whole of milan we could find was one single bed and we had to top and tail Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> no that was dusseldorf Brent. that was dusseldorf
1: That's when we left them in Germany. See, I told you I'm old and I (laughs) forget. See, I remember remember things, 100% remember things. I don't necessarily remember the dates or the names. I remember people and I remember the events, but I don't always remember the dates. Um, For me...
0: I remember what we wore. And I was like, Karen, do you remember you had that yellow shirt with the big collars? And do you remember that skirt we made before we left? Because we used to make our own clothes, even though they were shite, but we thought we were so funky. <laughs> I know I wore that to that gig. And, oh, yeah, I remember that.
2: <laughs> Making your own Lacoste and <laughs> yeah. cutting out a crocodile. <laughs> We had no money, Dan. We were poor. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised you were skiving off work the whole time. <laughs> what happened when you got home after that gig?
1: This was the thing, right? They were in the days of ferries. You couldn't fly. It was too expensive to fly. So nine times out of ten, we'd got the train from Ostend. We'd get the ferry that took, like, forever. We'd get drunk on martini because that was the cheapest drink that we could get. Ginzano! Ginzano, <laughs> sorry. Um, and, yeah we'd already said to like Ted or whoever and it don't worry, don't worry. We'll sort it. So then John comes back and he said, don't worry girls. He said the the guys that take you to the elephant and castle on the coach, we were like, what be at a certain time tomorrow. We're taking you all the way back on the coach. We're going to drop you at the Elephant and Castle. So that's where the coach is going. So we were like, oh, my God. But it was obviously overnight. So we were like, oh, my God, we're going to spend the whole night with Paul Weller on the coach. Oh, my God, that's just going to be so amazing. We were so excited. Well, (laughs) they picked us up. And they picked Paul up and Mick and Dee and everybody. And it was a low, a low, like straight to the airport and drop them off. And it was <laughs> left on the coach, me and Brenda and the crew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know,
1: it was still fun. We had some really good fun. we them in card games and stuff like that, we were playing. They stopped at a, at a garage, didn't they? Tiddly Ted stopped and he, he's thinking, oh, we'll get them drunk and that. So went in and bought loads of cans of beer and then bought them back and <laughs> realized they were all non alcoholic <laughs> beer. So, didn't get a drunk at all.
2: And in amongst all these adventures, obviously, is the love of the music, right? So for you, oh, Karen, yeah. what are the standout songs, what were the standout singles for you as, uh, for the Style Council?
1: My favourite, favourite song is The Cost of Loving. Oh, really? The Orange album's my favorite Album is my favourite album. I
2: got them all. I mean, this is a podcast, right? An audio podcast. You don't yeah. need to see this, but I thought I'd hold this up because this, this is a beautiful thing, the Orange Album. So, this But this isn't many people's favourite at all. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. And I, but I just, I just love that album. And I remember them singing that back in the day. And then when, obviously when Paul was solo, that never happened again until we went. Do you remember Andy Lewis? He was such a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And he knew that we were massive style council fans. When we went to Munich to see Paul, great surprise for us. They played the cost of loving. And Andy had said to us, you're going to be in for a surprise tonight, gals. He didn't know that that was my favorite song or anything like that. But that intro, especially a 12 inch, I get, oh man, it brings me, it brings me up in goosebumps. But as soon as that and they played it and that's the only time that I've ever ever heard that in all them
0: years what did they do was it Head Start for Happiness and they'd done them both on that gig but then they kept the Head Start was it Head Start for Happiness yeah they kept some of them but they that was the only time they played that one I never played it again, did they? It didn't go down very well, though, from what I remember. Well, for me, it did.
2: <laughs> Karen's the only fan of that one. I mean, I love that single, don't get me wrong, but yeah, funny. And then Paul Weller solo, so the Style Council comes to an end. Karen, you, obviously, together, you were at that final gig. What was your experience, that final house gig?
1: Well, yeah, it went for me, not at all. And we both looked at each other and it was like, what's happened? This is not us. This is not what it's all about. So, yeah, it was absolutely gutting. You know, you know when, when they say, like, when the band split up, you know, and, and, like, obviously when the Beatles split up and take that split up and that is devastating, that's how we both felt. It, it it really was because then it was quite a while before Paul then started off the Paul Weller movement, which we did go and see, but it wasn't it the style council. And even though I love Paul, not everything he does now, but obviously, I still love the music and I still love the whole thing of going to the gigs and everything. It's not the Style Council. So when he plays the Style Council, I go back 40 years. My Ed goes back 40 years. And especially, as I said before, when Lee up there with him and it's like looking at D. It's like, oh my God, and the memories and, and it's all it all comes back. It's it's a wonderful feeling for me.
2: I'm trying to think what gig it was I saw you at recently, it would have been this year or last. And you were in the balcony. I was in the pit, you're in the balcony. It might have been Paradiso. In the Paradiso. Was it Paradiso? Yeah. And yeah. He, and he played would have been Head South for Happiness, I think he played. And I looked up at the balcony and you you were in a seat and you got out of your seat and you were going nuts. Oh, <laughs> crazy.
1: Like, I just love it. And the funny thing is, right, is that Paul does forget his words sometimes and especially to the older songs. And he looked down and I'm singing and he like puts him straight back again. like, And he smiles because he knows that he's just sung the wrong line or said the right. But he knows he's only got to look down the front and he knows that he's back on track again. But (laughs) as soon as he, he plays them style council, I mean, like last night, he done Head Start, Shout to the Top one more i can't remember it was another style council one was it ever changing
2: um, moods or you're the best ever
1: changing mood yeah i think so <laughs> and my other was with me and he goes as soon as he can and he don't just say it. he's not just saying it to please me but he said as soon as that style council come, he looks straight at you because he knows i'm sure he just kn- well he does he just knows because he knows that i go mad as soon as they come on yeah. so yeah
2: The other thing that's really lovely, I mean, obviously, there's this wonderful friendship between the two of you and the bonds that are created there. But there is such a big community of well-loving fans and solo. It could be the jam, but there's a big community of people who absolutely Mm -hmm. adore the Style Council. We see you at gigs. You're together. You know, you've got such great friendships across the board.
0: hundred percent. For me, that's part of it. Nothing beats going to a gig with somebody that gets it. And we meet up, like she said, from about 12 o'clock and we just have the best time. We laugh. I tell you, it's just the best time. We're all like, are you going here? I'm going here. Are you going there? No, we're not going. Oh, you know, sod it. Yeah, let's go. And then we decide, yeah, we're going now because somebody else is going. And it is about the community. I mean, me and Karen have a great time on the own. Don't get us wrong. But it is lovely to be with like-minded people and share your stories and, you know, what oh, do you think will come out? I don't know. What time did you come today? You know, it's all that kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> the other thing that's been great in recent years is we've we've been able to celebrate the style council more in the sense that there was the there was this brilliant documentary created by Bax and Lee who've been on the podcast and we got that wonderful little moment at the end with the band back together as well right
1: oh god it was so beautiful We, I cried I just cried I just it was just so, I don't know how to describe it but we, it holds so many memories for me, the Style Council, in so many different ways. You know, from my dad lending me the money, and he used to love Weller. You know, he's not with me no more. He'd say, like, oh, my mum used to go, where are you going now? What are you doing now? And he used to say, oh, leave her alone. She's happy. Just leave her. So all that, you know, um... And obviously, my fantastic friendship with Brenda and meeting so many people and just being there, you know, and then for me as well, when they recognize you, when Paul recognizes me or Mick recognizes, hello, Karen, you're right. I'm like, oh, he knows me. They've been in my life all them years, you know, it's just, yeah, for me, it just blows my mind when that when that came on and I watched it, I was just. I was just crying. I've met Dee quite a few times and she's just such a lovely lady. So, so lovely. And I said, Oh, I love you too. And she's like, Oh, I love you too, darling. And i thought, like, oh, yeah, but if only you really knew that it was a real love, you know, a real love. But, yeah, no, it's great. And Steve White, I met him, well, we've met him a few times, but last year we met him at, at Brighton at the exhibition. And I was just like, Oh, Steve, and he's like, Oh, you're all right, yeah, I'm fine. I'm showing him all these photos of us like when we were younger, and he was like, Who's that? And I'm like, Well, that's you. He's like, Bloody hell, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, great. And Camille Hines was beautiful and Steve, um, so, Brenda, what's his surname? That-
2: Steve Sidonik. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I yeah. can't ever say it. We used to call him Steve Sidlinick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was always there. And Helen Turner, they were the ones. And I think Jacko played a few, a little bit later on with Style Council. Or done a little bit. But then I see him now and... When he stood in front of me last night, because I couldn't get in, I couldn't get under Paul last night. At oh, the somebody
2: already had the space, today?
1: Well, yeah.
2: Was that Shane Juson?
1: No, he wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot in there. There's no air conditioning. The place where it is is like a big hangar. It's like an air, an aeroplane hangar. It's like the most bizarre place. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a great venue, but it's, it's, it's crazy. So I had to go to the right. So I was sort of under Craddock's and under Jacko. And it was great because as soon as he starts playing that sax. And that's the sound of the style council for me. Yeah, so it, it, that was yes, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And Brenda, what about
2: you? Take me back to watching that documentary. Then, what did that mean to you? Ah,
0: oh, just meant the world. In the deep, very deep sea, was always one of my favourites. It just makes you tingle, and I just, I just, I just love the fact that you could see. And I know they had their moments together, but actually, they still love and respect each other. I think. I got that vibe from it, which I think is beautiful. You know, people go on and have different lives and make up, break up, but I still think there's that love. Oh, definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Karen.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I mean
2: ultimately it comes. It always comes back to the music doesn't it and what they've left in in the same way as the jam is a time capsule of perfect music the Style Council so many incredible singles these terrific albums as well and ultimately it comes back to the quality of the songs this is not just a, a crush on Mick Talbot for you Karen and a, a crush on Paul Weller for you but this is about the music oh, oh,
0: oh 100% 100% and the thing is I think they were a bit ahead of their time there because some of these songs now still stand, stand up today and today market i feel and there's, it's great to see a lot of young people getting into it as well you can go to the concerts and there's old folks like us but it's great to see the new de- generation actually digging the Soil council
2: and are you still marching are you still part of the young socialists and all that are you still still into
1: whatever weller causes is pushing at the minute i don't talk politics no more dan
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 me and Karen, me and Karen fight about this, but so we don't we don't talk about it. I'm still a Labour girl through and through, but there you go.
2: know, <laughs> this has been so lovely. It's always nice seeing what big fans Paul has, and I think there is this thing of an artist of Paul's stature, where he's you know has such a long career. You're obviously going to get these these fans who this music means so much to, and reaching out and having you on the podcast is as important as it is as having band members and producers and all that kind of stuff. So it's lovely to hear your stories on the podcast i do have two final questions and you might spoiler Hilla, you might have already given me clues to the answers but we'll see where we go with this anyway um you're allowed one paul weller song for the rest of your life it can be the jam it could be the style council i'm not i think you're fans but we'll see where we go or it could be solo <laughs> what are you gonna go with brenda i'm
0: going for sp- well i know what i want to go with and then a the lot of the others keep coming up in my mouth but no, i'm going for spring summer autumn as my one of my all time favorite songs, short and sweet and beautiful,
2: it's lovely that. And then a nice version by Tracy Young as well,
0: yes. yeah, 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 still not Paul's good as Paul's, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I remember it mostly from being live. He would always sing it,
2: it's mad, isn't it? That because you think the the fact that they're doing B sides live shows yeah. the quality of the B side. The often with bands, it was kind of like the B side was a bit of a chuck away, right? But the jam and the style cancel, they were always as good quality, the B-sides, is the
1: A-side. It's got the A-side, yeah, definitely,
0: yeah. In fact, some of yeah. them are better. Spring Summer and would would win
2: any time for me. Karen, same question for you then. Paul Weller, it could be the jam. <laughs> I think it's unlikely, <laughs> it but you never be. know. It could be, it's not, but it could be. It could be the Style Council, probably likely, or it could be Paul Weller solo. What are you going to go with?
1: It's got to be the Cost of Loving, because it's that, but it's got, it's that 12-inch version. It's that intro. It's just amazing. It makes me go weak when I hear it. Nice. (laughs) I love it.
2: Now, look, you know this. The purpose of this podcast was to meet lovely people like yourself. And actually, when I first created the podcast, the whole idea was every week we just talk to a different fan right? That was the idea. And then we'd maybe run for like 20, 30 episodes and that would probably be it. But it kind of detoured along the way and we started talking to band members and producers and engineers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so fantastic. It's, it's nice to get it back on track with some fans, right? This was the original idea. So look, if I do get the interview with Paul Weller, what would you like to know? Brenda, kick us off. I
0: don't know. You put me on the spot now. <laughs> I don't know. Let's come back
2: to me, love. I'll have to
1: All talk
2: right. about that one <laughs> <laughs> today. Or text me. It works well on a podcast, that. Like Karen. What, what, what would you like me to
1: ask Paul Weller? Oh my God, I don't know. Just I guess. Well, I know. I sort of know. You know. I always, I always wondered if he, if he knows where they're not. Not just me, but the fans. But he totally does. He totally does. So probably, I don't know. Just ask him if he, if he loves Karen. I'm sure he'll tell you <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something like that, I guess. I'm just so happy that people that are not, I want to say privileged, because I have been very privileged in the fact that I've met him so many times. I've been in the right place at the right time, sometimes the wrong place at the right time and all that sort of thing. But I've been there and I just get so happy for people that have never ever met him and it's their dream and i just think oh my god that that
0: makes me happy well if you was going to ask him before monday i'd say can you ask him to come out and get his picture with me on monday because he's <laughs> come out every day right and i bet he bottom dog it's probably piddling down the rain and he won't come out or somewhere on on munich i've dispatched you
2: <laughs> well, I had that in Amsterdam and in, in, in Paradiso. wasn't there the night I was there and came out the night after. <laughs> so, oh, nice. I, think, I think he's avoiding me. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last time I see him was um, earlier on the year we went to Berlin. After the show, had come out and he come over and he threw his arms around me, gave me a hug. and I said, it's been too long. And he said it has and kissed me on the cheek. And he was lovely. And I thought... That's worth it. That was worth standing there for hours on end and all that stuff. The fact that he knows and the fact that he acknowledges us and yeah, he does. I think his fans are really important to him, but you need to give him space. I think some people would just like mob him and all this crap, but we've always been, you know, we've, we've been there, but we've always been respectful. And I think he appreciates that as well.
2: So that's your advice to me. OK, so be respectful. Give him space.
0: And give him a kiss on the
2: cheek. <laughs> <laughs> These are great tips, Brenda. Thank you. <laughs> I should ask before we go, what happened to the nursing career? Or should I not ask?
0: I still work with people with learning disabilities in Ireland I live I work in a little house now so I still do care work
2: and back in the day did you get the sack for going to all those Style Council gigs
0: I was a union rep at the time so um, when Karen was off sick I came back the day before Karen so our charge nurse said to me you've been off with that Karen around the world haven't you and I said how dare you how dare you anyway I was so convincing he apologised to me but he said but I know Karen's been going to the gigs so I was just sure I'd the time, and we and we called another man in, another Shropshire didn't he? And I was Karen's rep, so I went with her. Um, and anyway, we talked him down, and we got her off it. And as we come out the door, the other rep said, "I know you went, but was he really good? How was he? Because he was very well as well." <laughs>
1: So funny. We got in so much trouble, but yeah, no. Yeah, the nursing what career, is yeah, I, I had children in 1990. That was the end for me for that career.
2: This has been such a delight. I know the fans of the podcast and the fans of Weller are going to love listening to you too, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's been amazing. Thank you.
2: And Brenda, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank
0: you so much, Dan. And you're not as scary as I
2: thought it would be. So. <laughs> oh, it's a safe environment here, folks. It's a safe environment here. <laughs> Bless you. Carry
0: on talking.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could just
2: leave you two on it if you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we reminisce all the time. We reminisce all the time, especially come Monday. Brenda's coming from Ireland and I'm coming from England. And we meet at the airport. And that'd be the start of it then. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? And we go over and over the same thing. But it don't matter because it's still new and fresh to us.
2: And it's nice that you're not having to make your own clothes these days, right? uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Fred Perry does it for me. He's a good old boy. <laughs> <Very> good. <laughs> I can afford it now.
2: <laughs> I should ask, actually, one question. Did you go to any of the Red Wedge gigs? I bet you did.
1: Oh, oh all, yeah, all, of, all them. of them. The yeah. one that sticks out in my mind, we went to Birmingham. We didn't have a ticket, but we went to Birmingham. It was thick with snow. Do you remember, Brent? And we, we went yeah. down the backstage, and there was no way. We couldn't see anybody that we knew, so we couldn't get in, couldn't get a ticket. But it was the best place to be. We met UB40, Jimmy Somerville, Madness. We had photos of them all as they were going in the back door and then coming out. And then we got in right at the last minute, didn't we, Brenda, and got yeah. in front of the um the steps out of the uh, – it's not even there no more. I think it was the, the Birmingham Apollo or something like that, weren't it? But, yeah, they mm. were great gigs. They were great gigs. We – Frank Chicken and Dr. Robert and, oh, we see some great bands then. Lloyd Cole and the commotions were were one of our favourites, weren't they, Brem?
0: And we even went to see Tom Robinson, I think he had done some of those.
1: Oh yeah, glad. To, sing if you're glad to be gay. Yeah, do you remember that they'd done a comic one, and we had to. We went and stayed with my nan in Forest Gate. Do you remember Brenda? They'd <laughs> done a comic Red Wedge, and it was Lenny Emery, French and Saunders, Ben Elton, all of the like alternative co- comedies of the eighties. And um, we went stay with my nan in Forest Gate, and we had to get the ferry over to the. Was it the Isle of Dogs? <laughs> I went like that. <laughs> it was so funny, but yeah, we got over there. And we see the show and we really wanted to talk to Lenny Emery because we thought he was like, and he was so rude, weren't he, Brenda? Do you remember? Yeah. I didn't yeah, speak he was going to was gonna be horrible, but we didn't speak to him. But he was good. It was It was really good. But they tried that. We only ever went to that one. The rest of them were all the music ones. Yeah, we got the T-shirts. We we got the lot. I tell you what, Dan. We I forgot to mention right. We it, they done three nights. Style Council. I think it was three nights at Wembley. As I say, we spoke to the coach driver many times. So we were over the barrier. You could never get into Wembley. That was impossible. Um, and we were over the barrier. You know that bloke in the coach? He came out of the barrier. And he came all the way round into the car, which was the car park at Wembley, got us on the, it was a lorry, weren't it? Do you remember one of the truckers? Something. A coachy thing, coachy thing was. Took us into <laughs> where the coach was. We got on the coach. The style council were doing their sound check. We was on the coach talking to the coach driver. We were having a little look, look around. We were taking cigarette butts, right? Paul's well, we were assuming they were silk cut and that's what he used to smoke. We were taking these cigarette butts out the ashtray, picking up anything we thought that was wellers. We put it in our bags and he said, right, you're going to have to get off now. So we got off this bus after about an hour, got off the bus and walked back through the gates. It was like really, really weird. But Brenda had bought me a pair of Paul Weller knickers, which were about never like a G string, but they had Weller's face on the crotch area with it was huge. Paul Weller. <laughs> anyway, I gave. Them. Hold on,
2: were, they, were these official merchandise or?
1: No, they weren't. I don't think Not they were course. official. <laughs> When we got Paul, got Paul to sign them and he signed them on the side, unfortunately I ain't got them anymore. But yeah, they were Paul Weller Knickers. Red and white they were, frilly ones. Do you remember, Brenda? Yeah, I remember
0: there's a picture of you I still got and you're wearing them on your red love. On my
2: head, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, we need to put all these things in the show notes for the podcast. That would be wonderful. Well, you must share these. That's hilarious. Um,
1: they used to do these trips, right? You could catch the coach in London and it was for like a two-night Two nights stay. Oh, they probably still do them, but it was a Paul Weller one. And we gets on this coach, me and Brenda, it was all mods on there. Do you remember Brenda? Mm. It was all mods. And it was like, well, yeah, it was a little bit, you know. Anyway, we gets on this coach. We're going to Germany. We were going to I'm sure it was Dusseldorf. And um they played Paul Weller videos, because you was allowed to watch videos then on the coach, all the way to Dusseldorf. And you and it was your ticket was included. So you got into the gig, we met some beautiful people, got into the gig. We had I get a shirts on Brenda cuz we got I got photos of that and that <laughs> was one of the first times I vaguely remember Meeting Paul, I, I can't remember what year it was, but you know the coat, the big blue furry coat he had on in uh, our favourite shop uh, uh, on the album cover. He had that on, and he looked so big, and it was like, oh my god, look at him! He was just like this big god stood there. Because we then had started talking to the coach driver, he'd put us on the guest list for Belgium. And this was another time we took sickies as well. <laughs> for Belgium, we were supposed to come back on that coach. So as soon as the gig was over, it was back on the coach and coming back to England. But of course we weren't going nowhere. So um, the coach were waiting for us. In the meantime, we'd got this one room with a single bed in, in uh, whatever the hotel it was. And we shared it. And, um, the coach, well, you go get, oh, get back on the coach. We were going, no, 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 we're not going home. We're going to Belgium. And um, yeah, do you remember that Brenda when they were waiting for us? Anyway, they went off, they left us. That was fine. We got back to this hotel, stayed in this single bed, top and towels and everything. We were so excited. We were going to meet Paul and, and Mick, and we just spoke all night long. And then I don't know how we probably got the train or whatever to Belgium and met the tour there. And we was on the guest list for however many dates. And then we thought, well, we better go back to work. So we did.
0: <laughs> we don't that rock retcher i can't say it over in but in um ostend's and that was a bit of a bit of a fun karen got drunk the night before it was coming out of both ends right and i was not sympathetic i was going you better hurry up she's going oh i'm so ill i've got i don't care i'm going to see paul without you 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 (laughs) brought it on yourself karen and i was give her such a hard time because i wanted to go and see him and she's ill and i didn't care (laughs) (laughs) and we we got there and they were selling
1: these watermelons and that was the only thing that kept me going throughout the whole gig there was like Paul Young there was loads of different acts there and obviously Style Council and on the way back we were in the middle of nowhere and on the way back I needed to go to the loo. We were knocking on people's doors. Can I go to the toilet, please? They were like, yeah, we'll take you to the train station, which the bloke did take us to the train station, but the wrong train station. God knows how we got around because we couldn't speak Belgium or French or anything like that, but yeah.
0: I know when it was as well, there was something that happened in the football, in Italians, and we bumped into all these Italians and they was like going... <sighs> Like that, trying they're making the sign to cut the throats of the English. <laughs> was oh like, I think it was, I think it was 86. And it
1: was like, oh. you English? We're going, yeah. Oh, we Italian. We didn't have a bloody clue what they were on about. Do you know weren't football fan? And then, yeah, we were told that. And it was like, oh, better shut up. That's not thought. <laughs> <very well." laughs>
2: I should ask, actually, Brenda, talk to me about Jerusalem. How did you feel about the Style Council film? I
0: bloody <laughs> loved it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I liked it when they played it just before they come on. And we, me and Karen used to go along going, it's, we'd, we'd actually know it word for word. Can't tell you it now. But um, oh no. oh, I know. I showed to other people and they're like, what a pile of poo. And it's like, no, you just don't get it. It was very tongue in cheek. And I loved it. They used to play that
1: before that was their warm up bit. Before they come on, they used to play Jerusalem. So we must have seen it about a million times. I still got a copy. But I love that bit. I love
0: it. I absolutely everything about it. I love. Angels, the song I remember the most of it. Angel, I'm not going to sing.
2: Fairy tales is <laughs> another one I think. At the
1: end. fairy Tales, oh, yeah. yeah. Who are the Style Council? Well, actually, do, 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 do. I love it. I've got yeah, it here. True. I've got it here. I've got <laughs> it. Yeah. It <laughs> They're going
2: to put it on now. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, look, that was so fun. Thank you so much for being on.
1: Brilliant. Thank you.
2: Oh my goodness me. What an absolute delight. So many brilliant, hilarious stories. My thanks to Karen and Brenda for joining me on the podcast. Check out some of those images that we talked about. We've got show notes for this episode as well. Just go to Wellerfanpodcast.com A little gallery of images for you there so you can see some of the things that we talked about. Brilliant. Whilst you're on the website, do head into my store. You can support us through our official merchandise. Now, you know you've made it when you see photos from the bootleggers outside of a Paul Weller gig, which I did the other day in Italy, that people shared with me. Thanks for that. And there they are, dodgy T-shirts stand outside the venue. And T-shirts, ridiculous, with my logo on. <laughs> I mean, come on now, really? So I would encourage you to head into the store and get It's the only place to get your official merchandise, all right? You can also buy a virtual coffee if you fancy it. Thanks for doing that this week. Hello, Mike Steer, thank you to you for your virtual coffee. Hello to the mysterious K, just the letter K, but thank you very much indeed. Hello, Sarah Kane. Hello to Daryl, aka the Autumn Cobbler, who says, Listener since the start, Dan, always look forward to the podcast. So hopefully the governor will keep you waiting a good while yet. Love the recent episode with the air apparent. This is Billy Sullivan. The lad is a real talent. I agree. Keep up the excellent work, pal. Thank you, Daryl, much appreciated. Hello to Smeg from the 829 Club who bought me a virtual coffee. Thank you, man. Hello to Kieran Keevey who says, Keep up the great work, Dan. Great to hear all the background stories. Thank you, Kieran. Hello to Jen. Thank you to you. Hello, Ron. Hello, Stephen Cartwright. Hello to Stu Burns. Hi to Jane, the jam tart with a heart. Hello, Nick Keane. Hello, Ewan, who says, cheers, Dan. Thank you. If you want to get involved, just go online, Wellerfanpodcast.com You can also get in touch on social media. If you head to X and search for at Weller Fan Pod, you'll find me. Do spread the word. Share this episode on your social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. It's Paul Weller Fan Podcast. On the next episode of the podcast, we hear more memories going back to the jam. Bruno. Galone is my very special guest, talking, reaction, supporting the jam. Another cracking episode coming up. Make sure you follow, you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and more. And do keep spreading the word within the jam, the Paul Weller, the Style Council communities on Facebook and elsewhere. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.